Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Pilgrim Story Hour. My name is Moni Dujeji. And on today's episode, I want to speak about those difficult people that sometimes we meet during pilgrimage. You know, the ones that sometimes irritate us, that frustrate us, and sometimes even leave us in tears over their behavior. And while it's easy to dismiss all of these people and to walk away from them, I really believe that if you're willing to do a little bit of digging, a little bit of introspection, and to look a little bit beyond some of the harshness that they are displaying, I believe that they have a unique opportunity that they offer you, each one of us as pilgrims, for healing. Because it's been my experience that during pilgrimage, all of the stuff that you're dealing with gets intensified. So you may have left your home thinking, I'm just going to go on pilgrimage and I'll just deal with this stuff later when I get back. Experience has shown me <laughs> as a pilgrim that it all comes along with you and it comes becomes even more intensified with the people that you're meeting and all of the experiences that you're having on your pilgrimage. And I hope that the story that I'm about to share with you will illustrate what I'm talking about. Now, this particular story takes place in Medjugorje, which is a town in Bosnia. I had arrived there, I would say, after having walked about five months. And I was received actually very warmly by the spiritual community there because they had heard about this walk for peace that I was doing and they wanted to support me and Alberto who was walking with me and they they did that by giving me a place to stay which was very generous of them. They put me up in a hostel, uh, a very lovely place, very clean and they and they welcomed me to stay there for as long as i needed to to recover and then to move forward in my journey so i was feeling very thankful to them now the owner of this hostel was a woman named isabella and at the time that i arrived there were only two other guests so only two other people who were staying with her and right away i sensed everybody's tension around isabella she was one of those people that needed to have everything done in a certain way. The dishes had to be washed a certain way using a specific amount of detergent. It had to be stacked a certain way. It had to be dried and put away a certain way. Um, she made it very clear to me that silence was to be observed during mealtimes. I was not allowed to speak. Um, even though other people wanted to hear about my stories and my journey, she said outright that um, I was being very boastful by speaking about my experiences and not encouraging me, basically told me to be quiet. Um, she even said to me that my happiness and my joy was especially insulting during this time leading up to Easter because it was the week leading up to Easter and that I was showing great disrespect um, by being just so happy. Now, I tried to, you know, just let it all bounce off of me to say it's not about me, it's about her, and just to remain calm, not allow it to get to me. But in this one particular instance, um, it did get to me. I She was expecting some guests to arrive at the hostel that day, and she was preparing different platters of food. And so she had, you know, I was expected to help, of course, and I was happy to. And so I was arranging the food on the plate, and she was getting very frustrated with me and basically just kind of slapped my hand out of the way and said you're doing this all wrong and she just in a way just shooed me away that particular day it 
it really got to me. I was feeling, I wasn't very well. I was feeling very sick. I was fighting a really bad cold and it just really brought me down. It was just one more thing that I didn't, I didn't want to handle. And I left the kitchen and I was going back to my room. And as I was walking down the hallway, I saw that there was like a beautiful warm light at the end of the hallway and I had never seen it before. And so I decided to just kind of go see what it was because it really felt like it was kind of beckoning to me. And when I got there and I opened the door fully, I saw that it was a little chapel um, and I had never seen it before. And I, I walked in and it was all filled with candlelight. They had lit every single candle that was there. It was an old looking chapel that had uh, stone uh, stone walls and in all the little crevices they had put candlelight. And it was just so warm and so inviting. And it honestly felt like I was being embraced as soon as I walked in. And it was exactly what I needed because I just sat down and I, I put my head down and I just started to cry. And I thought, oh my God, like, why is she being so hard on me? Like, what am I doing wrong? It just seems that I can't do anything to make her happy. Everything seems to be off with her. Um, she only seems to be happy when I'm actually obeying her commands and doing exactly what she tells me to do, like a good little girl. And as soon as I thought the words, oh my God, like a good little girl, I immediately realized she was representing or she was showing me me she was showing me that little girl me who was always trying to get the best grades and always being told that they weren't high enough i was the young woman who was disappointing her family who really wanted her to be a doctor but who chose instead to go down the path of the business world I was also the overachieving adult that was trying so hard to succeed and that was measuring her self-worth based on all of her successes. All of those images of essentially me <laughs> came up and then I realized that this is not about her at all. This is all about me. And as I deeply understood this, my image and my thoughts about her began to soften a little bit. And I started to feel a little bit more curious about what she was revealing to me about me and a little bit more curious about her. I said, why would she be so controlling? What has happened to her in her life that would make her so controlling? And the most controlling people I've ever met really were usually very insecure people. They were people that had fear and insecurity so deep that the only way that they knew how to handle it was to actually be very controlling and to appear invulnerable by hiding and to hide specifically all the in, in, invulnerability and the weakness that they felt. And of course I understood Isabella in that situation very well because that was me. I was somebody who was a control addict, trying to control her world, trying to control everything about it so that I could control my own fears and insecurities. And so when I saw me in her, I thought, oh my God, I saw the same child that was in her seeking approval, seeking love in the same way that I was doing. And when not getting it, she became more hardened. She became even more controlling to try and have some sense of security in her life. 
And when I understood this, and you know how these things happen sometimes, it's in a flash. It's not like an overanalyzing, let me think about it. It happens in an instant. And there was this instant of knowing this is what it is. It's not about her. She's just showing me. And so how do I move forward from this? How, how do I heal this? Because I really wanted to heal this. I didn't want to walk around with these feelings anymore. I wanted to feel at peace inside of me. And I thought, well, the way that you deal with this is when you see a child who is hurting, you see a child who needs comforting. Well, you go out and you give them a hug and you tell them that everything is going to be okay. And that sounded really good in fear. I thought, I can get hugged myself. Hey, that's good. That's, I feel really good about me now. But then something else said to me, no, no, no. <laughs> There's great power in externalizing all of this. And in a way, almost ritualizing this and going out and saying, you are going to embrace that person that you are judging so harshly. And my mind said, there is absolutely no way I'm going out to embrace that woman because look at what she's done to me, forgetting what I had just realized about her, the other. And I thought, no, this is, this is again, this is not about her. This is about me. I need to take this step forward or I'm going to be stuck where I am emotionally in this place and not be able to move forward. And so before my, you know, I could talk myself out of it again, I decided, okay, I'm just going to leave and just go do it. And so I, I walked back to the kitchen where she was and she was still, you know, doing what she was doing, all her preparations, very busy. And she just kind of looked at me kind of in a distracted kind of way. And when I saw that she was pausing for a moment, I went over to her and I put my arms around her shoulder and I hugged, I gave her a hug. She tensed right away. She was just very tense and I was holding my breath. I don't think I was breathing at that moment. Um, but then she started to relax a little bit and she put her arms around me and we actually embraced for the longest time. And if I get emotional evil right now, just thinking about it, um, she, she just held on to me and I whispered to her in her ear and I said, thank you for all that you're doing. Um, I think you're a wonderful, wonderful person. And I think you're doing a phenomenal job over here. And um, she released me a little bit and she was looking at me and her eyes were watering and, and so was mine, so were mine. And she was holding onto my hand and she just said to me, she goes, I'm, I'm so sorry that I am so hard on you, but I just think you're too full of yourself. <laughs> and she, I, I laughed and I said, really? I was thinking the exact same thing about you. <laughs> and we both were laughing, like we were both laughing really, really hard at this time. And I said to her, you know, maybe we're, we're more alike than we care to admit. And uh, she just kind of smiled. She gave my hand a squeeze and she let it go. She went back to doing what she was doing, but everything about her just seemed so different to me. She, her movement seemed more flowing. She had a smile on her face that just did not disappear. I don't remember ever seeing a smile on her face from the moment I got there. And I walked away from that kitchen. Actually, I was floating. I was floating out of that kitchen, feeling just higher and lighter than I think I ever remember feeling. And what I understood very deeply from that moment is that um, I was working so hard on you know releasing my fears and we're all telling you have to release your fears and to let them go and that's, that's important, it's good to do that. But I think there is a step after that and the step after that, for me anyways, was to try and transform those fears. And I transformed that fear 
using the most powerful, powerful healing tool that I know of, and that is love. And that experience with Isabella served me for all of the experiences and all of the people that would come afterwards on this journey that I was walking, on this path that I was walking of peace. Um, I do want to thank all of the, the people who are watching this webcast, and uh, I hope you enjoyed this story. And what I will do now is put this up on YouTube for those who couldn't watch it live, and the audio podcast of this will also be up on iTunes. So thanks again for tuning in, and tune in next week, next Thursday, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time as I share another story from the our, my pilgrimages and on the Pilgrim Story Hour. Bye for now. Buen camino.